The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. When the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine without knowing where it had come from, although the servers had drawn the water new, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Cana in Galilee, and there's two Canas, but the Cana in Galilee is only a, a town a few miles away from Nazareth where Jesus was raised and where Mary was living at the time of this episode in today's gospel. Today's gospel in John, now we've deviated a little bit. We we were going to be in Luke throughout the year, but um, uh, here at the beginning, as the beginning of signs in what's called the the book of signs, we hear about his first miracle. And it was something ordinary, something that we can in our own imagination uh, think of. It's a wedding reception. And it's normal for people, especially for women, to help at a wedding reception. Think of our Be Our Guest hospitality group working a wedding reception in our ville. Mary could have been one of those good volunteers or stewards at a wedding reception. You can imagine Mary, maybe even in our kitchen, looking around, realizing that at the reception, they're going to run out of wine. Either more people came or they didn't order enough. What to do? Jesus is there. Jesus, her son, and yet she knows that he is divine. But he hasn't revealed himself yet as the Messiah. His divinity hasn't been shown. So today's gospel from John tells us this dialogue between a mother and a son, between Mary and Jesus. And notice what Mary does. She just simply points out the problem to Jesus. They have no wine. She doesn't ask for anything. She simply points out the problem. And in his response, our Lord really looks like he's refusing, but there's something much deeper going on here. He's really saying, Mother, do you realize that 
if I help here, my identity is going to be revealed. So what's happening here is Mary, remember the sword of sorrow has already pierced her heart with Simeon. Mary doesn't know the future. She is no different than us, but she knows that her son is the Messiah. She's well uh, versed in what the suffering servant from Isaiah. She knows what's ahead for Jesus, not in details. But our Lord is basically saying to Mary, are you giving me permission? Are you encouraging me to take that first step to that right there? the cross. Now notice, 18 years ago, our Lord was 12 years old and he was in the temple. And we had a dialogue again between a mother and a son. And this time, the 12-year-old boy says to the mother, do you not understand that I must be about my father's business? And now the roles are reversed, where Mary is saying, do you not understand? It's time. Reveal yourself. Take that first step to the cross on Calvary. Mary always is attentive to the needs of the people. And so she just simply says, do whatever he tells you. And so this miracle, this first miracle, this first sign, this first revelation of who Jesus is, only happened because of Mary's petition to her son. Pope John Paul II reminds us of the role of Mary when he said that she was the virgin most powerful. This is the name in Christian piety that is given her because her son is God and cannot refuse her anything. Mary is always aware of our spiritual and material needs and she desires that we ask her for help. So why might we be afraid to trust in asking Mary to intercede for us? If she obtained wine for a wedding reception, something that really wasn't that big of a deal. Okay, so they run out of wine. All right, well, people go home a little bit earlier. huh? It really wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't life or death type of thing. But if she was concerned about that, why wouldn't she want to intercede for us on the weighty matters of our lives? You might say, well, I I go straight to God. I go straight to Jesus. Well, that's well, good and fine. That's good. We should. But do you ask your family to pray for you? Do you ask for friends here on earth to pray for you? Why? Why? Why bother them? Why not just, no, just like we are gathered here at this Mass, We are praying with one another and for one another because there is a strength in our prayers together. And Mary and our saints and our relatives and those who have gone before us, they're still tied to us. They want to help us. They want to intercede for us. They want to pray for us. If you struggle with your relationship with Mary because of maybe I, I can't imagine Mary as being my mother. Fine. Think of her as your sister. What if you don't like your sister? (laughs) Then think of her as a fellow disciple. She is all three of those. She is a mother, she is a sister, and she's a fellow disciple to us. 
She's all of those things. So whatever role that will help you to have this dialogue, this communication, this relationship with Mary, then pick one out. And maybe one will lead to another. Now, here in the, the Catholic Church, one of the things that we're allowed to do is to plagiarize and to steal things from other priests. So out when I was the retreat director out at the Spiritual Life Center, I invited Father Chad Arnold to give a, a retreat on the Stations of the Cross. And so I wrote down copious notes from him. But he offered a, a thought that I never thought of. Now, if you look at our Stations of the Cross here on the walls, over here to my left is the fourth station where Mary, the afflicted mother, meets her son. Now, what would that dialogue, we don't know what happened, we don't know what was said, but I am certain that Mary's heart was moved with compassion. She wanted to take our Lord's place. She wanted to do something for him. And I am certain with her faith that she would have interceded to the Lord God for her son, Jesus. So you look at that station and immediately behind that station, immediately afterwards, you have Simon of Cyrene who helps Jesus carry his cross. And immediately after that, you have Veronica wiping the face of Jesus. I believe, and Father Chad said that Mary interceded even for her son, Jesus. Help him on this way of the cross. If she interceded for her son and would want to help him, would she not want to help us? Mary is real. Her love for us is real. Her desire to intercede for us is real. One of the things I've noticed with Pope Francis, as well as some of the other uh, popes, is that his connection with Mary is more than just heart and mind. Anytime he passes by a statue or an icon or an image of Our Lady, he always stops and physically touches it and spends a little time in dialogue. What a gift to have Mary as our mother our sister, our fellow disciple. A gift that allows us to say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen.